Hey, Max. Nothing strategies that work in the Cats and kids. You entered the classroom. Because we can cut off the beginning or not. Remember when the Titanic on its maiden voyage sank? Yes. Well, this is our maiden voyage of video for our podcast. And if it sinks, we'll just use the audio of this. If that happens, we will, and they'll make a great movie out of it uh, starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Who's going to... Is it Leonardo that would be me? That would be you, and I'll, I'll play the part of the girl. Another <laughs> conversation, totally. Hey, welcome, everybody. This Thanks. is summer. It is summer. It's mid-July. Uh, Brad and I went fishing a couple weeks ago with my son. Didn't catch many fish. I caught a tick bite, which I had to go to the emergency for. Nothing too serious, just my arm blew up and now my finger hurts. Other than that... I'm in, I'm in my summer shoes. And Brad's right in his summer shoes. I remember in, in Sunday school, as a little kid, seven, eight years old, if you got new shoes, you had to put them up on the, you had to put your foot up as you did to show everybody your new shoes. I like that. All right. No, but why are we here today, Brad? Hey, we're here to talk about summer. And I don't remember quite what we were, it was about remembering things, I think. What's, I, I don't it? quite remember. Yeah, you're, you're right. It, it was the idea that there's been so many studies done where kids, regress. It's a regression factor. In fact, there's been studies done, as you probably know, folks, that schools should be 12 months long, that it should only be a couple weeks off. Don't let them forget. Don't let the kids forget no, the content. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, we all know it goes back to the farming community, why the th- there's three months off, you know, to... Uh, to get things planted and then all those things. We want teachers not to regress either, though, because I know um, coming back those first few weeks, it's really hard to get back into the swing of things, as I know it is for people in all professions when they take time off. We're fortunate enough that we get um, an extended amount of time off, which I know for me allows me time to decompress it allows me time to reset, re-energize. But there's things that I find helpful to do to help the transition back into school a little better than that abrupt go in, start getting your classroom ready, cleaning things. And we're talking even before workshop week, there's things that um, maybe mindset things, but thinking strategies, I think some of us do or a lot of us do in the summer to help re-engage our minds and grab lessons and real-world ideas to use throughout the school year where maybe it's something happens today that I'm using in November or a story that I was told by someone that I'm using in January. Yeah, the uh, I, I think that teachers just have to be open to new ideas flooding in. That There's a danger, I think, of teachers thinking, well, I get this time off, I don't have to think about school, I don't have to think about kids, I can just run up to the cabin and and uh, and, and drink a beer and, and catch a fish, and uh, I don't want to think about school. 
but the problem with that is teachers are thinking about school. They, they know that September is coming up. And I think it's just to be open to the fact that you're always a teacher. You're, you're not just a teacher for nine months. And let your mind be open to ideas coming in and be proud of that, that you're a teacher all the time uh, because you are. So, Roger, we had a, a retaining wall put in the front of our house or redone in the front of our house because the old one was pushing out. And I was having a conversation with the contractor after the fact because I wanted to know what they had done differently or how what they had done um, was going to make it better. And in doing so, um, unintentionally ended up getting into a discussion and took some mental notes in one written note afterwards that has to do with my curricular area. What was that? So I asked them um, how much they have a lot of gravel stone um, on the base and I asked them how thick it was just out of curiosity. I know that's to help it drain and they said there were six inches in there but for the whole project they used five cubic yards. Okay. Now I do some practical math teaching and so just that little piece of information this little light bulb went off in my head oh I'm gonna have to remember that because when um, next March when we get into talking about volume in real life applications um, that five cubic yards is something that I can bring back into the classroom and talk about in a variety of ways including how many truckloads would it have taken if we would have used my friend Mr. Hamilton's truck to Mr. Howe's truck to get it that gravel to our house. <laughs> and that's an advertisement, which we're not going to charge them No. For. A lot of kids in the classroom, and I've heard this, Brad, I'm sure you have too, when am I ever going to need this? Uh, some subjects more than ever, others, you hear it. Why are we doing this? Your, your AP student just takes stuff, learns it, because they know that sometime in the future, in their doctoral program, in their master's program, somewhere as a senior in college, that all knowledge is gonna have value. But most of our kids aren't like that. No. They, they, they've gotta be shown that, well, here's how you can use this. Here's how as Brad gave the great example of, of a cubic yards of, of sand, uh, yeah, this is how I used it. Uh, and hopefully you, you've got enough stories in your head and enough experiences that you can rely on those pieces and bring them forward uh, as to why they're doing it. Not just do it because I say so, because then you've got all kinds of other problems that start exploding in the classroom. Um, now, Brad, you have a good memory. You remember stuff. What about me who doesn't? What do I do? Well, that was one of the things I was thinking about as the gentleman was telling me about how much rock they used was to make a note and put it in my phone um, uh, in the calendar on about when I knew it was going to be, hey, reminder, talk about the wall and cubic yards. 
or Good maybe idea. it's a running notes on your phone. Hey, these are some life lessons. And as they come up, for example, um, doing some reading this summer, not about content, but just in a personal interest area, but all of us people that teach, um, I should just put the period there, all of us people who teach are constantly asking questions. Um, but some of those questions are questions that we need to talk to students about and explain to them that we just didn't come up with this. We're constantly asking these questions. For example, reading a book um, this summer about Minnehaha Falls and the history of the falls. And it was actually around the history of drinking at the falls. And it started out when the white settlers started to occupy the area when the fort moved there. But those types of things caused me to think about, well, what about the Native Americans whose land that was taken from? And in reading the book, one of the things that they touched on was that originally when they started, when they opened up the fort, the fort commander didn't want any alcohol on the fort because he didn't want to bring that influence not only to his troops, <clears throat> but to some of the Native people sure. there. And we're off on a tangent, but there's those little things that come up in life that you can bring back to the classroom. And sometimes you need that break, like I got my shoes on like in the summer, shoes. to open your mind to those things or start filing some of those things away. And as I said before, it's okay. In fact, it's an obligation, I feel, to always remain a teacher. Summer, winter, snowstorm, hailstorm, you're always a teacher. And not to be ashamed of that, but to open yourself up and be a receptacle, if you will, of ideas. Again, I love the idea of, of a message on your phone uh, or talking in, into the phone or, or sending yourself a, uh, and, uh, a text or email. Um, again, we're getting to the edge of the word obligation here. I think your teacher is obligated to, uh, to be open. Uh, even during those summer months with your weird shoes on. Uh, and it's okay. It's okay to do that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. One more thing about the retaining wall and the discussion that came up, and this isn't about content, but it does relate to teaching, and, ha and it kind of relates to how you present in class or what kind of um, things that either you do or other students or students do um, to either scare people away or set up a wall. Ooh, and I, I like don't, the wall thing. Yeah, so one of my neighbors, mm. the day after it was oh. completed, came up to me and said, oh, I'm sure glad you don't have those spikes anymore up on the wall. See, our old wall, every about 12 inches, had a sharp rock. or It wasn't very sharp, but a little pointy yeah. at the top of it. And they had lived there for at least 40 years, and we've only lived there for 20. But they said that the wall wasn't originally like that. And some of the other neighbors had told us that, too, as the wall was coming down. And that those spikes were put up there to stop the person that built the walls, kids, and their friends from smoking on their <laughs> stoop. They wanted them to smoke somewhere else or maybe not smoke at all, but to kind of deter them. 
but I didn't realize the message that that was sending. The neighbor had said it felt more like a castle and like keep out. And that wasn't our intent at all. And I never felt that it said that. I thought it was just a cool artistic design to, um, you know, lead your eyes in a different spot. But I guess it was sending a nonverbal signal and a physical signal to those kids, but to other neighbors about, hey, this is rough, stay away from here, keep out. And that again, as a teacher, makes me think about how do I present sometimes in a way, maybe it's the first day, maybe it's the second semester or sometime, telling people, hey, stay away, as opposed to come on and learn. Right. Um, this is a welcoming atmosphere and making sure that my space is just as welcoming as my personality That's and right. my smile. You have a beautiful smile, Brad. <laughs> beautiful. I think it's time for a break. Hey, give me a break. Give me a Kit Kat bar. I like that. All right, and look how it's spelled, Brad. With a K for cat. Kit, it doesn't have kid on there, which is fine. Uh, we're hoping, who makes these? Hershey's, I think. We're, They'll we're probably sue us now. We're hoping that Hershey's doesn't sue us because we have absolutely no money. But uh, I remember, Brad, when they started the Kit Kat bar, I think it was the 70s, you'd walk around St. Paul or Minneapolis or further, and a person would come up and say, hey, have a Kit Kat bar, because they were trying to introduce this candy bar to the country and it worked. It's been around for a long, long time. Well, we want to thank you for listening. Absolutely. Um, encourage you to continue to take a break. But just periodically ask yourself those questions or take notes on things that you can incorporate back in the classroom so you don't hit as much regression returning to do your job. And remember to love your cats. But well, you got to love those kids more. To love them more. <laughs> Have a thank good day. Bye-bye.